0: We're in this sermon series that's titled "Somerset List." Somerset List, and what this series really is made up of is it's it's us and our preaching team uh, taking songs that have a sense of familiarity. Maybe you, maybe it's oldie but goody. Maybe it's a newer song, but it, it speaks to you in some capacity. And we're taking that song and we're bringing it to Scripture, and we're saying, "Okay, God, take this song right to the Word, and believe that the Lord would have a word for us through that." I see that there's some people that are just now making their way in. I'm just putting it out there with no pressure. There are some seats up in the front, and the front is where the anointing's at, all right? I'm just saying. I'm just playing, actually. It's not. It's all over the place. It's even online, okay? So uh, lean in with us online. But if you need a seat, I see some that are here. Sometimes it's hard to see in the back. Um, Speaking of that, it's my sister's Cassandra's birthday week. She's over here. Where is she at? She's over here. Cassandra, we're grateful for your life, and thank you for bringing some of the fam and friends here with you today. And, uh, happy birthday. And if there's anybody else's birthday in the room, it's, you didn't get a shout out because I didn't know it. All right. If I knew it, Sherry, Sherry Belt, birthday. Yes. We love you belts. Will and Sherry, Sherry. And Ashton Horner, that's the last one I'm doing. Okay. Ashton Horner, happy birthday, bro. Where are you? Wherever you are, man. Happy birthday and happy baby shower and I just we just love honor here at Walk Church. We love celebrating wins and come on, it's a milestone to hit another year, Amen. Yeah. Especially in this season, to be able to uh, cross another year is a, a gift from the Lord. Yeah. Well, I want to go ahead and uh, talk about a song for just a moment that maybe is familiar to you. Maybe the younger crowd in the room may not be a, a familiar with it, but maybe the older crowd in the room would be like, "Oh, I remember where I was at when I heard this song," and um, it might trigger a memory or or two but the lyrics of the song i think help us on our christian journey and maybe would spur us on in our faith today so it's a little awkward when we play a song like this but just go ahead and if you know it you can sing it out we're going to go ahead and play it on the speakers uh, right now oh ruth go ahead ruth go ahead and do it i don't know if it's a keyboard song Come on, say it one more time. Don't stop believing. All right, go ahead, take it down, take it down. All right, y'all made it through that moment, okay? Some of y'all were just getting nervous thinking about it, but I get excited about it. I want to preach a message to you today that, simply put, comes from the song from Journey, Don't Stop Believing. Come on, say it with me. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Church here at Walk is a little bit more of a dialogue in the sermon than then just a monologue, I love, I love to hear from you as you hear from me, and so if you're in agreement, it's not weird or awkward at this church to say amen or yes, that was good or whatever that means to you. And so I want to talk to you today about this phrase, don't stop believing. Journey, the artist who came out with this song in 1981, come on, who was alive in 81? Anybody in the room? Okay, we got, we got, some, we got some people in this room, all right? Uh, They said it like this. Here's some lyrics from the song. Don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling. And I love that phrase right there, hold on to that feeling. It's this this idea that, that believing leads to feeling. And I believe for believers in Christ. That's true for us. And maybe today you can go back to a memory where you felt something. As you drew closer to Jesus, as you put your faith in Jesus. I recently heard somebody get baptized, and they said, you know what? When I put my faith in Jesus... I felt his presence. I felt something. I felt the spirit of God transform my life. There was a regeneration. There was a new birth that happened. And I'm going to go ahead and identify that. For us, that's what we want to talk about when we talk about hold on to that feeling. But can I just take it a step further? Anybody? Okay, cool. Yes. Um, When I think about taking it a step further, I also am under the reality that feelings can sometimes flee. That feelings don't last. Feelings come and go, right? Sometimes you feel happy. Sometimes you feel sad. Sometimes you feel excited. Sometimes you feel low. Sometimes you feel like you want a slice of cheesecake at midnight. (laughs) Someone say, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe don't hold on to that feeling, okay? Um, But I know that feelings come and go. So if I could just add a little bit of lyric from, from Haydn to this song. Not that the song needs it, but I would add this phrase. Hold on to that feeling and a whole lot more. Can I do that? Journey, if you're listening, don't be mad at me for changing the song. It doesn't rhyme as good, but my version is don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling and a whole lot more. Believe as believers in Christ, what we hold on to matters. And Jesus would encourage us today through his word, and my prayer is through this sermon, too. To hold on to specific things. I want to give you a few of those here today in the context of Don't Stop Believing. So if you're ready, say ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. eat. Lord, as we get ready to eat from your word right now, Lord, we've we've set the table. We're, We're ready to eat from this message, Don't Stop Believing. Holy Spirit, give me the words to speak and give us the ability to receive. Come on, just pray with me right now. Just say, Lord, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. First point, don't stop believing in the words of Jesus. It's important that you catch that. The phrase in itself is not super glamorous. It might even feel elementary like, uh, yeah, duh, I know that. But it's important that as believers in the room, I would encourage you today to, to not stop believing in his words. Why do I put that point first? Here's why. Because we're living in a day and age, statistically, where more and more people are drifting away from the words of Scripture. Are are finding themselves drifting on the current of culture into whether it's reality TV or social media or news outlets. I'm not saying that those things are bad, but if they get the loudest voice, what will happen is the words of Christ become lower and smaller and and distant, and what happens is it affects what you believe. So I want to encourage you here today, in a, in a day and age where Bible literacy is low. And, and the Word of God hasn't changed, amen? But if we stop believing in the words of Jesus, if we stop giving the Word of God the priority, not just it's a priority, it's the priority, it's the prior, priority voice in your life, Oh, friend, it affects what you believe. Let me prove it to you out of a verse of Scripture in Romans chapter 10. Romans 10, verse 17 for my note takers in the room. uh, Would you read this verse off the screen with me? Ready, set, go. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Here's what I realize when I catch this verse. I look at this verse. I'm realizing that faith and the word are very closely connected. That faith actually grows by hearing the word. So when I think about don't stop believing in the words of Jesus, that the words of Jesus actually feed our faith. Let me give you a clarifying statement. I'll put it up here on the screen. Maybe it will help you. Uh, If you're dreaming right now, maybe it won't. But I'll put this statement up. The, The more we read, the more we believe. One, one of, just just one of the reasons why you need a close, tight relationship with this book is because it informs your faith. The scripture in Romans 12 says, right, it says, faith comes by hearing. So here's what I often find myself when, when I walk with people and, and, and try to encourage people and help people that sometimes will say, you know what, Pastor Hyden, my faith is weak or my faith is feels shallow. My faith feels low. My faith doesn't feel like it's where it should be. I oftentimes follow that with, tell me about your relationship with the Word. And I've found there's a linkage between low faith and low Word. Because there's something about faith that gets, gets fed. Our faith grows the more we read. I don't want to just take, I don't want to give you one of those. Read your Bible more. Smack. That is not my intention here. My intention is to empower and encourage you that the more you read, the more you believe. And I don't know about you, but I want, I want my faith to grow, not go down. I want it to go up. I want to have great faith and a great God. I don't want to stop believing. I want to believe more. And I've found that one of the One of the elements that's going to help my faith grow is going to be a relationship with the Word. Not a religion of the Word, where I have to do a checkbox and I have to read for information, but where I read for relationship. And so I want to encourage you that it's through the Word that you, you grow. You get to know God better. I read this quote recently by Dr. James Merritt. And he says it like this. I think it's a helpful reminder. He says, the primary purpose of reading the Bible is not to know the Bible, but to know God. Somebody catch that. Somebody put that in their pocket. Put that in your heart. The primary purpose is not to know the Bible. There's plenty of people that, I'll tell you what, you know what, the devil himself knows the Bible pretty well. A lot of atheists will study the Bible To try to know history or whatever that may look like. And there's a lot of profound truth in the Bible that's good for head knowledge. But I'm trying to take you even deeper into God knowledge. To to know him. This book is living and and active. I couldn't encourage you enough to not forget. Don't stop believing in the words. You, You need the word. I'll just testify this morning. Woke up this morning feeling a little slight discouraged a little bit of sprinkle of doubt, just a little sprinkle of I'm tired. And just a casual read through Proverbs 10 was enough gas in my tank to get confident about today. Just a, here's what I'm, here. I know what not to do right now. I know what not to do. Do not click on notifications right now. They won't do the trick. Do not turn the TV on. It's not the answer. Do not go to social. Do not go to email. Do not go to my favorite song. Like that's going to be the answer. The music is great. But friend, going to the voice of God is the the message you need from your dad. A casual, just a, on my phone. Let me just kind of, Proverbs chapter, day is it? the tent that I'm going to the, just a reading through that chapter was enough I'm back yeah. I'm encouraged and I got to think a whole lot about the words I use today because they matter Proverbs 10 was all about speech it was a boost I want to encourage you the living and active word boosts us but not only does the word boost us the word guides us let me give you another verse Psalm 119 verse 105 Give it to you in the NLT translation. Let's read it together. Ready, set, go. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I'll tell you, friends, this. Let me use some modern language. Um, If you're tripping, it's because you're missing something in the word. If you find yourself tripping, it's because you don't have the lamp on your feet. It would be bad if I was just walking and didn't know that there's a drop-off right here. But the Word of God teaches us that if we have a close, tight-knit relationship with the Word, it gives us a lamp to guide our feet. Not necessarily a mile down the road, but the context of this verse is a something that you would hold that was like a lamp that gives you just enough imagery to take your next step. The Bible oftentimes is, is, is good daily reading just to take your next step. And friend, you're not wise enough to take it without it. Don't fool yourself like you got enough wisdom and intellect and graduate school degrees that you don't need a word to guide you. It's a light for my path. You want to see your path light up? So you know which direction to go. I don't know if I should go left. I don't know if I should go right. I don't know if I should just sit. I don't know if I should stand. I don't know, should I do the job? Should I break up with the girl? Should I, should I open this? Should I not do that? Should I buy the house? Should... Friends, you got to get in the word. There's too many great decisions in front of us. To not have peace from God through the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Listen, if you're not moving by the word, you might not be moving by faith. Faith comes by hearing. There's a word in there for you, and I want to encourage you to to dig it out. Dig it out. Daily, devotional, personal, fresh, unrushed, God speak to me today. Make time. Make time. Let me give you point number two. Everybody say number two. Don't stop believing in the words of Jesus, but don't stop believing in the power of Jesus. Somebody felt me in the back. I'm an amen with you, sister there's so much power in Christ. I mean, he is the ultimate dunamis, dynamite power. And and again, oh friend, I want to encourage your heart. Don't stop believing in his power. You're you're not strong enough. Amen. But he is. Amen. You're not tall enough. He is. You're not wise enough. Yeah. He is. Yeah. You're sinful. He's sinless. Yeah. He has the Holy Spirit. We, we don't always have... hide hiding spirit is not a Holy Spirit. Hide hiding spirit needs to get out of the way so the Holy Spirit can lead through me. And friend, don't, don't stop believing in his power. I thought about this, but I felt like this would just kind of take over the sermon, which may not have been a bad thing, but I was just going to go read about 20 different verses in a row that say, and then they believed and were healed. And then they believed and... Jesus said, your faith has made you, and if you believe, you can. And Jesus says, all of the, th- these moments of miracles follow believing in his power. Yeah. What have you stopped believing God for? That, I want to open that thing up again and say, believe again. <laughs> Somebody say, believe again. believe again. Believe again that he can do it. Now, do we trust God's writing? Yes, he's the author. He's the perfecter. And his plan for us is perfect. And we trust that his plan is good. But friend, believe him for the miracle. Because he's powerful. We see this in the scriptures all over the place. I want to just point your attention just to a couple verses in scripture. One I think is important is out of the book of 2 Corinthians where Paul says it so plainly. We, we walk by faith. Not by sight. Right? Because I, I really do think if you're not careful in this culture, if you, it, you'll, you'll stop believing if you think, if you read this differently, we walk by sight, not by faith. For the Christian, let me give you a clarifying statement for my note takers in the room. Let, let me give you a clarifying statement for how we walk. Here's how we walk. It's not seeing that leads to believing for the Christian. It's believing that leads to seeing. Did you catch it? Through our belief in his power, we experience his power. Through our belief in Christ... It leads to us seeing Christ. I want to encourage you today that maybe something that's around the corner that you're not sure about yet is actually God waiting on you to see if you'll believe him for it. That, that God may be saying, okay, Peter, you'll never know if you can walk on water or not until you believe me for it. Ruth, Ruth, you'll never know if Boaz is in the field. Unless, by faith, Ruth wakes up one day and says, I'm going out to the field today, and God will have favor on me in the field. I don't know how, but I know there's something waiting for me, and I have to have faith to step. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I believe in his power over mine. I've got to go try out for the team. At least I might not know if, it does, if it'll happen or not, but I believe it's, it's not... Seeing, and then we believe. Oh man, if I can see it, then I'll believe it. That's not how we operate. We believe, and then we see. We put faith in a a big God and a big Jesus, and then we see miracles happen. One of the best ways that this comes to reality, I think, is through prayer. I love the vehicle of prayer, but if I can put the points on the screen, I just want to make a distinction. The point doesn't say, don't stop believing in the power of prayer. But the point says, don't stop believing in the power of, say it with me, Jesus. Why do I make the distinction? Well, here's why. Because I've realized that prayer in itself isn't powerful. Because every religion prays, amen? Like, as a studier of world religions, I got a, I got a degree in college of global and world religions. I realized, man, all types of faiths pray. The, the point is, who are you praying to? There, Come on, Will. There's this moment in the Bible. I was just reading in the book of 1 Kings. My faith was was, was boosted. Reading in 1 Kings, there's this cat named Elijah who comes up. He's a man of faith. He's also a man of depression. Both can help each other, work work together. He was low, but the Lord fed him and gave him faith, strengthened him with patience. And there's this moment where, where Elijah is surrounded by a a group of people that believe in the the lowercase g god Baal and this weather god named Baal. And a bunch of people were putting their faith in, in Baal. And one day, Elijah, in a way, decides to taunt these other people. And he says, hey, how about this? Let's have a little battle, a little challenge. You pray to your god and ask him to come down and consume this offering." And then after you're done, I'll pray to my God and how about the God who actually does something is the God we believe in. And I'll tell you what, these people said, let's do it. And they prayed hard to Baal. They screamed. They shouted. They wrote songs. They got knives and rocks and began to cut themselves just to try to get Baal's attention. Baal doesn't exist. And finally, After Elijah takes a nap, he goes, are y'all still going? And Elijah prays a prayer, and he says, God, would you show off your power? Would you show what you can can do? I'm going to pray to a God who moves. I'm going to pray to a God who responds to prayer. And boom, the fire came down, consumed this whole altar that was made, and, and people in the land knew, whoa, that God is real. That God is the real deal. And friend, I want to encourage you, stop praying to things that can't move. Stop praying and giving your worship and energy and, and attention. We still look like those prophets from Baal. I, I mean, I'm going to say something that's very sensitive and delicate, and, and I don't want to say it in a way that's insensitive. But listen, I've been on a youth camp journey over the past month. It's four different youth camps. The amount of students that I prayed for, that have cuts all over their body, looking for value, looking for attention, looking for freedom. Not just students, adults as well. Looking for power. I I want to encourage you here today. It's a a very sensitive and real issue. I want to encourage you today. You, You can go to one who has power, who loves you and sees you, who knows your name, who, who, who shed his blood for you, that you could have life and life abundantly. God is for you, not against you. He wants you. He actually wants you. You're a wanted individual today. Every person in this room, oh, friend, the oldest person, the youngest person. The white person, the black person, the Hispanic person, the poly person, the the student, the, the, the high school, the college, the young adult, the dropout. You're wanted by King Jesus, and he's a healer, and he's real. Oh, friend, don't put your faith, don't stop believing in the power of prayer. Believe in the power of Jesus through prayer. Look at this verse with me on the screen. Matthew 21, verse 22. I don't know. I believe it still. I believe the verse still speaks. Come on, read it with me. Let's go. One, two, three. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Oh, Lord, let me grab this verse and hold on to it tight. Don't stop believing. Hold on to that verse. If you believe. I mean, we could go to the Greek and try to break all these words down, but I think it says what it says. Is that right, Pastor Mike? I mean, it says this is King Jesus speaking authoritatively to his, his people. There's this moment in the Gospel of Mark where you find this father broken over his child. And he goes up to, to Jesus about his child's um, uh, unhealthy state. Mark 9:23. And here's what the father says: Jesus, stop what you're doing, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If you can. I love how Jesus says, if you can. Don't you love when Jesus has to interrupt you? And be like, did you just question my ability, bro? That's how I read it. Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Don't stop believing in his power. If you get away from the word, you get away from the power. You need to be reminded of these stories. Because these stories are real today. There's real power today. Oh, all things. Everybody say all. All. Somebody say all all means all. All things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Does anybody ever feel like that guy or just me? Hey, that's a prayer you can pray. That's a prayer you can in your prayer closet, beside your bed, while you're driving, just say, Lord, help my unbelief. Today, I don't, I don't believe like I used to believe, or I don't, I don't feel it today, or I'm struggling to read, or I'm struggling to, to pick my head up. Lord, help my unbelief. Help me to believe in your power again. And I believe that he, he will do just that, the God of power. Paul says in Philippians 4, I can do all things through myself who gives me strength. That's not what it says. Come on, Paul says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Not my power but his. Not my strength but his. You can get in that weight room and I'm sure you can bench press a whole lot. But that won't be enough when you need his power supernatural power, and our battle is not against flesh and blood. We got to stop fighting each other. Uh, Paul says to one of the church, he says, stop devouring each other, for our battle is not against flesh and blood. That's exactly what the enemy would love for you to do, is get big energy against each other and, and miss it, where we should be putting that big energy against the demonic forces that are trying to cause division, and trying to cause you to think less than, to try to devalue your life here on earth. I want to speak against the spirits of suicide all over the place. And the root of the spirit of suicide is many, all types of different things. And I just want to speak back against that thing because the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. The blood of Jesus speaks that you're valued. The blood of Jesus speaks that I have so much in store for you. Don't stop believing in his power. Can I give you the third point? Everybody say number three. Don't stop believing in the grace of Jesus. Oh, man, this, is, this, is a, this is probably, might be my favorite point. I might have said that about each of them. Sorry. I love these points. Don't stop believing in the words of Jesus because faith comes from hearing. Don't stop believing in the power of Jesus because my God still heals. He still does mirac- miraculous things. He still is a God of power. He woke us up today, right? It wasn't your alarm clock, it was God. Like, picture God, like, waiting there, just like, I think now. Wake up. And you opened your eyes and your heart was beating. And his mercies are new every morning. And God woke the sun up. God breathes out the stars. Come on, God's power, amen. amen. Well, b- before I move into grace, let me give you one quote from a pastor named John Piper. I love how he talks about the bigness and, and majesty of God. He says, if you don't see the greatness of God, then all the things that money can buy become very exciting. If you can't see the sun, you'll be impressed with a street light. If you've never felt thunder or lightning, you'll be impressed with fireworks. Shout out to our firework booth. But it's not, it's not kind of like what God can do. Um, if you turn your back on the greatness and majesty of God, you'll fall in love with a world of shadows and short-lived pleasures. Don't fall in love with this world. This world is going to burn up someday. There's a new heaven. There's a new earth. A new body in Christ. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing in his grace. I love the grace of God. One of my favorite subjects to talk about and to just be reminded of is grace. I love the verse that says, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Wow. Come on, we, we, we are in an abundant grace city. Amen. There's grace all over the, this place. There's grace, to, there's grace that's dripping in this room right now. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all of it because we need grace. Let me define the word grace, the word grace uh, by definition. So now Webster's defines grace as an unmerited divine assistance. Grace is the reality that you can't merit it. You can't earn it. You can't work hard enough and climb the ladder and pull your bootstraps up to one day earn God's merit. No, it's unmerited. God saying i'm giving you that grace before you can start the climb it's divine assistance it's god saying i know you need help let me give you my hand it's god saying i I know you need grace and i know you don't deserve it in fact you shouldn't even be able to speak to the king of kings but you have that type of access grace Unmerited divine assistance. It's the Greek word charis. Everybody say charis. It's where we get our English word charity. That which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness. God is a God of grace. And I want to encourage you, don't stop believing in the grace of Jesus. Because the moment you stop believing in the grace of Jesus, you start believing in the law that Jesus fulfilled. And the law is a good thing, but friend, the law is something that will bind you up. And you'll never be able to do enough. That's why we don't put our faith in what we've done, but we put our faith in what he's done. It's not about all that I've done. It's about all that he's done in my place, grace. I love this verse. It's a verse we should be reminded of. I'm just trying to encourage you today. Ephesians 2, verse 8. Ephesians 2.8 says, for, come on, let's read it together, can we? Ready, go. For by grace. Oh, come on, rewind one more time. For by grace. We got to read it one more time louder. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. Tell the person next to you, say, this is not your own doing. It's not you. It's the gift of God. Not a result of works. So that no one may boast. Nobody should be jumping around this church saying, man, I saved myself. I read my Bible 25 times this week. I I earned favor with God. It's not how it works. Oh, I've never never done a wrong thing before. You've already, that's, that's your lie right there. You've already blown it. No, you are saved by grace. Through faith. In Christ alone. This is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. I, I promise you the best gift that comes from God is grace. Grace allows us to have faith. Grace is an undeserved gift that comes from God. Let me just put it to you like this. I'll put it to you in the form of a question. Was God wrong when he sent the flood thousands of years ago where it rained for 40 days and nights and filled the earth with water and pretty much everybody except one family some animals and individuals died was God wrong for that was God unjust or unrighteous for that no God is creator God is author God is all good by himself amen like Mark can I pick on you for a second Thank you for that, brother. You're right here in the front row, me and you, bro. Let me just have a quick discussion with you, and everybody can just kind of peer in. Let's just say, Mark, you were you were the creator. In this hypothetical scenario, you're creator Mark, all right? And one day, Mark, you have this great idea. You say, you know what? I'm going to create a little Mark. I'm going to make a little Mark in my image. He's going to have tan skin. He's going to have a nice little lineup, nice little goatee. He's going to rock this gold chain, and he's going to have buff biceps, all right, and you like, yo, scatter the earth, and then you thought of the earth, and you thought of trees, and waterfalls, and fruit, and all this good stuff, and you're there, and you're like, oh man, look at all these little marks, little mark, you guys look great, and they're all just like lifting weights, and they're hanging out, and they, and they got Golden State Warrior jerseys on, and they're just like, they're awesome, and then one day, one of these little marks is like, you know what, We don't like you, Big Mark. We want to look like Pastor Mike, and they all shave their head. (laughs) My bet that's just what came to me. And they got glasses and. And you're like, wait, wait, I created you guys in my image. And they're like, well, we don't like your image. In fact, we don't even believe in you anymore, Mark. And we're going to do something different. We're going to follow somebody else. And then they began to do all the things that you told them not to do. And that began to ruin their lives. They started hating each other, fighting each other, working against each other. There's blood on the ground. And Mark, the whole time you're saying, listen to me. That's not what I started. Mark, what would you do at that point? (laughs) Now, that's a good question. If it's hiding, I might take Mario's suggestion. I think I might start over. Boop. <laughs> I'm just going to wrap all y'all up. I don't know what I'm going to do, actually. This <laughs> Mark story, you got to think about what you would do. Here's what our God does. Here's what, here's what our God does. He sends his son. That God says, you know what? I'm not going to send a flood. I'm not going to start over. I already did that. People came back more sinful. That wasn't the answer. But it did show everybody that I can do anything. I'm big. I can make it rain, and I can make it stop raining. I can use one family. I can do great things. But it didn't change Noah's sin problem. In fact, Noah, right after that, you can find him on the beach naked with a drunk alcohol problem, which should give all of us encouragement that there's grace even for Noah. Right, And so you'll find that God says, I'm not sending a flood, I'm sending my son. And I'm going to send my son, Jesus, born of a virgin, living out the prophecies. He's going to grow up. He's going to be sinless. He never is going to sin. He's going to go on the cross that was actually for us. He's going to die for my sin. He's going to die for your sin. He's going to shed his blood. He's going to be buried into a grave that sinful people would have been buried in. And then he's going to rise from that grave. He's going to defeat death, hell, Satan, and sin. He's going to rise in our place. And he's going to declare for everybody who will believe and receive that you then could then move out of your death sentence, move out of your prison cell. And through the key of grace, you could then step into a new life and step into freedom. That is the gospel. The word gospel, by definition, is the word Words, good news. Oh, man, for the person who just got sentenced to life in jail, death sentence actually, around the corner, and then they hear one day in their prison cell while their head is low, hey, actually, this is going to blow your mind. There's this cat here named Jesus. He said he paid for all of your sins. He actually, he actually paid the ransom for you. And he's waiting for you so you can go free. Yeah. Yeah. Do not, brother, sister, online, do not sit in that jail cell and say, nah, I'm I'm not going to receive it. I'm just too lowly of a sinner, or I'm just too prideful, or I would actually rather just waste my life. No, no, step out of there with a smile and, and step into here with hands raised and say, Jesus, you've broken the curse. You've never lost a battle. You are my firm foundation. You're the rock On which I stand, when everything around me is shaken, we turn to grace. John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Let me just give you a few more verses and we'll get ready to close up here. Verse 12 says, to all who did receive him, oh, friend, who believed in his name. Don't stop believing in his name. He gave the right. How good is God's grace that he would give the wrong people? The right we are the we are wrong we are in the wrong god gave us the right to become children of god who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god that we could actually be born again through our faith and belief in jesus faith that doesn't just intellectually believe in Jesus, but faith that receives Jesus as your own. The, the word receive means you have to take hold of it. You have to embrace it as your own. Like, like my son does, whenever somebody brings him a present, he takes ownership real quick. No, that's mine. <laughs> Whoa. You, just, you, you, were, you didn't have anything before. Now your aunt brings you a stuffed animal, mine. Nobody can even see it. Right? Oh, no, they're working on sharing. I shouldn't shade my kids like that. But but I want to give you an example of receiving. You got to receive it. It's not just like, it's not just like my son EPAP's like, intellectually, I know that gift's mine. I just haven't even looked at it. I know it's there. I just didn't receive it. Don't just believe in Jesus like, yeah, I know that Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave and he's forgiven me, but I've never received it as my own. Receive Christ today as, as your Savior, our God, our King. That This is the God of grace. Don't, don't stop believing in his grace. Let me give you one more verse in the context of grace and we'll move to our final point. One more verse that I think is helpful when it comes to grace is in the book of Titus. Um, in, in, in the book of Titus, you'll find uh, Titus getting this instruction on, on wisdom and, and, and church leadership. And I love what he says in chapter 2. He talks about how the grace given to us, the grace of God given to us teaches us. Here, let's look at it together. For the grace of God that has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Isn't it good that salvation's for everybody? Yeah. Not just for a select few. It's for all people. The the grace of God teaches us to say no. It's an important verse. Don't stop believing in grace because here's why. Because if it's just religion, your religion will teach you to say no, and that will feel heavy. It's like, I can't do that because God will be mad at me. God loves you enough to die for you. I can't do that because um, it goes against my religion. Yeah, it just kind of feels cold. It's not going to last. It's actually the grace of God, the undeserved favor and mercy and gift of God that teaches you to say no to ungodliness. Why? Because ungodliness can't even catch up to grace on any day of the week. Ungodliness and worldly passions fall short as to what grace can give. The grace of God actually teaches us that grace is better. So we don't just say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and sin and thievery and pornography and lying and manipulation. We don't just say no to those things because we have to. We say no to those things because we have grace. And grace is so much better. It teaches us to say no and and grace actually teaches us to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Let me speak to somebody real quick, because there's somebody that's here today that's thinking like, you know what, one day when I get like enough Bible knowledge and I go to church enough times, like in that that age, then I'll be ready. No, no, in this present age, today, the grace of God is present for you to live self-controlled. In fact, you can beat that addiction. In fact, you can live upright. In fact, you can live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Why? Because of grace. Because of grace, somebody back here felt me on that, on that word. I just want to, I want to empower you with that. Let me give you a quote from Max Lucado. Worship team, kick me off the stage, please. Um, Max Lucado says it like this: Grace is the voice that calls us to change and then gives us the power to pull it off. Grace says, "Hey, you know what? I love you. I got a gift for you. I forgave you. You can change, and I'm gonna help you do it." That's grace. Can I give you the fourth and final point? It's not going to be as long as the other three. All right. Some of y'all are like, I don't know if I want it. I got enough with the grace point. Don't stop believing in the body of Jesus. It almost, this one almost didn't make the sermon, but then I felt such a strong conviction, it has to be here. Don't stop believing in the body of Jesus. Can I give everybody a quick pop quiz? Random pop quiz. All right. A couple of y'all ready? Who's the body of Jesus? Us. In fact, tell the person next to you, say, it's you. You. Tell that person back, no, it's you." you. It's me. It's us. Who is the body of Jesus? It's we. We're the body of Christ. It's all of the different individuals who have said no to their sin, to say yes to him. We are then transported into this big, beautiful body of Christ. And oh, friend, the body of Christ is made up of so many different cultures, isn't it? The body of Christ is multicultural, multi-flavored, multi-different age groups, brackets, socioeconomic status. There's all types of different individuals. There's strong people. There's skinny people. There's men. There's women. There's kids. There's there's older adults, right? There's, there's Democrats in the body of Christ. There's Republicans in the body of Christ. There, there's, there's crips and bloods in the body of Christ. It's really weird, I know. Let me show it to you in, in, in one verse. First Corinthians verse 12, chapter 12, verse 12. Listen to this: "For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, whoa! Man, y- y'all didn't live 2,000 years ago to understand the bigness of this statement. The Jews and the Greeks didn't, they were definitely not a part of the same body. Oh, just the thought of it would make somebody cringe slaves or free what this is big language right here all were made to drink of one spirit for the body does not consist of one member but of many amen (laughs) the body of christ is, is, is is full of many members and so as i conclude with this last point i just want to plead with you don't stop believing in the body don't stop believing in your brothers and sisters. And let me be clear here. According to this verse, it doesn't just mean your little group that you agree with. Can I just tell you, if you interviewed everybody that calls Walk Church Home on their theological framework, you'll, you'll find disagreements in the room. Some people will disagree on the, the gift of whatever that may be. Some people may disagree on what the end times will look like. Some people may just say, you know what, I don't really know. I, in fact, I don't I I don't really like the music or I don't really like the sermon that much. I wanna do more music. I just, I don't really like the, I don't know, but this is my family. (laughs) You'll find there's all types of different, don't stop believing in your brothers and sisters because you need your brothers and sisters. You need even the ones you don't like. Even the ones that look different from you, think different from you, don't stop believing in them. Don't stop believing for them. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is, is this cat named the Apostle Paul. If you get a chance to read the book of Acts, you'll find Paul. And the Apostle Paul's there, and one day he decides to go on a missionary journey. He decides to take the gospel to a place that has, has a great need for it. And he brings alongside a cat named Mark. Mark, the gospel writer, Mark, also known as John Mark. And one day John Mark taps out and says, You know what? I'm no longer going on the journey. And Paul says, What? you just going to quit on me like that? And Mark says, you know what? I'm going home. And Paul was upset about that. In fact, he had a sharp dispute about John Mark leaving. It happens. Sometimes people will let you down. Can I get an amen? amen? Even fellow believers, amen? Amen. But the thing I love about Paul and Mark's story is that that wasn't the last chapter of their story. In fact, if you continue reading through the Bible, you'll find at the end of the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, Paul starts to give all of his shout outs and he goes, hey, make sure you let this person know. I said, hi, make sure you let this person know to bring my blanket because it's cold. (laughs) Make sure you let this person know to forgive that person and make sure you you tell, tell Mark, he's necessary. I need him. I love that Paul never stopped believing in the body. I promise you, if you're a part of this church long enough, somebody's going to let you down. If you're part of a different church long enough, somebody's going to let you down. Hiding is going to let you down. But don't stop believing in me. Don't stop believing for me. S- somebody, somebody's going to take your chair that you love to sit in. Don't, don't stop believing in them. Let's help each other get better. We're part of the same body. Amen? <laughs> part of the same body doesn't mean you have to be best friends with everybody. It just means you have to be a part of the same body and say, I'm going to choose you, choose me. Uh, hey, assume the best for me. Don't assume the worst for me. Don't, don't, don't create a fantasy about the worst for me. Think, think I'm, I'm going to believe the best no matter what. I'm going to believe the best because we're part of the same body. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this time today. I thank you for moving among us. And God, I just believe that one of these points, whether it has to do with the Word of God, the grace of God, the power of God, the body of God, spoke to somebody today. And if you're in this room right now and you need to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, please do. Don't reject Him. Accept Him. Right now, I want to invite you to pray with me. Online and in person. Just right now pray with me. If you need to receive Jesus, just call on his name right now. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you. I receive you as my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as my forgiver. Change me. Heal me. Save me. I turn away from my past. And I turn with faith to Jesus. I'm ready to be a new creation. Help me to not stop believing. I believe in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, just stay in this moment of prayer with me. One more moment. People making decisions right now. If there's somebody else here in the room today that just feels like, you know what? I needed that last point. I stopped believing in some of the body here. I stopped believing in some of the people that are part of this family. And maybe they wronged you, but today you need to bring those people to Jesus. You need to bring your hurts and pains to Jesus. You need to bring your doubt to Jesus. You need to confess it to Him and let Him change you. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand? I want to pray with you. Just as a sign of response. Is that anybody else in the room? I see some different hands up. I see some different hands up. I got my hands up. Lord, for those who have their hands up, God, I pray that you would help them. Help them to receive your grace. Help them to receive forgiveness and help them to dispense grace and dispense forgiveness. God, heal hurts. Get into those cracks and crevices of hurt and begin to balm and heal those things with your grace. We're one body. Move among us, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.